Welcome to the Key Exchanges in the 901 podcast. It's the podcast where we share the real stories of the real estate community in Memphis. The stories that help every key change hands. The stories that are shaping the real estate market in our city. I'm Dane Williams, and I'll be your host for today. And we are recording today's show from the fabulous Shoemaker Insurance Solutions Studios. And today is a special bonus edition of Key Exchanges in the 901, because typically every Monday, uh, there's a new episode that's going to be introducing you to one of the phenomenally talented realtors in our city. Some of them have sold a million homes or household names. Others may be someone that you've never heard of, but they had a story that was compelling and I felt needed to be shared. Our goal is to tell those stories of the agents that are making things happen in Memphis real estate. But today's episode, the bonus edition, is our first time where we're getting to sit down and chat with someone who is involved in a different part of the real estate transaction. While we love our realtors, I also know that it takes a village to help someone buy or sell the home of their dreams. There are lenders, closing attorneys, inspectors, insurance agents like myself, and even people that do the job of our next guest. She has been in the industry for over 20 years now, and she currently serves as one of the top performers in her profession in the entire nation. Her role as a senior account manager with Choice Home Warranty allows people to make sure that their buyers can have confidence as they enter into the home and knowing that they're going to be protected from some of the major financial hardships that can come along with home ownerships. She is a lifelong Memphian. She calls Lakeland home now. She is the birth mom to Kayla and Chelsea and Zach and the real estate room mom to hundreds of other kids like myself uh, that she is uh, always caring for all of us, making sure that uh, that we're, we're sleeping and eating and taking care and calling our own mothers. Um, it, it is my profound honor and great pleasure to welcome Christy Stokes to the Key Exchanges and 901 podcast. Thanks for being here, Christy. Thank you for having me. I am humbled. No, I, I am uh, glad to have you here. And one of the things that I always do on this show is we get to ask, how the heck did you get here? So, so hop in the Wayback Machine with me 20 years ago. Um, how did you get in the real estate industry? Well, I kind of stumbled into it. Um, I grew up with having rental property in our family from the time I was six months old. So as my kids were getting older, I was room well to all of them and all of their classes at the same time. So I wanted to find something else to do. So I created a concierge service. It was going to, I thought... Maybe, maybe realtors are busy people. I don't know. Maybe they are. Maybe they need help with laundry, with different services, with gifts. And lo and behold, they did. There was this um, amazing agent, Gail French, who I'm sure many, many, many of you know, that was in this magazine. And I'm like, well, gosh, why not send it to her? I sent her my introductory letter. I sent her my information. And she responded. And so then I sent her a happy at her office, and she said that I had wowed her. So after I wowed Miss Gail French, I, she took me to Women's Council of Realtors. She introduced me to many, many women and said, this is where you need to be, and this is where you need to plug in, and you need to watch these women. And one of those women was Tommy Criswell, and she told me, you watch her. You mimic her, and you do what these professional women do, and one day you will be a success, young lady. And that is what I've done. Mm, that's that's so unique, and it's funny. I feel like there's a lot of us that have uh, have done some things in real estate, and I know I can think back to a conversation I had with Kelly Jones at one point where she said, look, this is who you need to know. This is what you need to do. You need to make sure you have this conversation with this person and tell this kind of joke, or, or make sure you yeah. mention this type of thing. So that's so unique. So Gail French was uh, kind of the one that kind of gave you that uh, helping hand off the bat. Absolutely. Um, that's really, really unique. Let's think of kind of growing up. You said your family had um, rental properties, but what was the rest of life like growing up for you here in the city? 
I was an only child, so my dad being head of all of the special crimes units, that would be homicide, <laughs> vice, everything, I was a little sheltered. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just to say the least, I was a little sheltered. But um, they instilled the work ethic in me. I went to with them to the rental houses. They didn't hire people. They did the work themselves. My mom can plaster and paint better than most men. And I would play Barbies or help or learn to do things. And I remember going to closings with them as they bought new properties. And some of them smelled like old books. I just remember sitting in these old offices and the closing attorneys with this big bun on her head. And um, it smelled like tobacco and books in there. I'll never forget that. But that was my growing up to watch my parents do their work to buy these properties, to take care of their tenants, how they talked to them and negotiated things. And it just kind of became part of my life. Yeah, that's that's great. For the um, concierge business, you eventually transition out of that, uh, unless there's something I don't know to where you still have like I did. a. Yeah. It um, didn't take off really well in the way I thought it was going to take, but like most of our brilliant ideas, sometimes they go a different direction. So after I met Miss French and got involved there, I went to work for a closing attorney. I did part of his marketing, and the other part was pre-closing and post-closing. So I got to learn that side of the business. But I was in charge at WCR of decorating the tables every month. So whatever the theme was, whatever the speaker was, I had to come up with a a theme for the tables. And so I got to know people. I got to know different agents, different companies. And it just kind of evolved from there. Yeah. And, and as you're saying, right, you, you built enough relationships with some of the agents in the city that you're able to make that that career transition and, and still you know be successful. It wasn't something to where the, even though the skills weren't necessarily immediately transferable from a concierge business to a closing attorney, that feels very different. Um, you had the relationships where people were bought into you uh, and were able to follow you wherever you were going to go. Absolutely. Um, I was then tapped because of what I'd done there and the people I'd met to come into the warranty business. Never been in a corporate job, did not go to college. This was not something I expected, but I was kind of wowed by the opportunity to take care of people, um, the, the pay structure, how it worked, going corporate. So I jumped in and I have never looked back. Yeah, that's great. For um, the different capacities you've worked in, they're all fairly different, but mm-hmm. it's people at the end of the day. Um, what What's your favorite thing about working in real estate? It's, it's the people. It's <laughs> the relationships. It's the um, taking something bad and making it good. You know, you get a phone call and maybe a claims went wonky and you have to talk to an agent you've never got to talk to before, but you fix the problem, you make their clients happy, or you listen to their clients, and then you've built another relationship. Um, it's just relationships. The realtors are some of the most kind and giving people out there. They want people to be happy. They want to experience people's first homes, um, their happiness of closing. And it's just, it's a neat community to be involved in. And I'm blessed to be here. So as you're making these transitions, though, you, you start a new job, and and I know you uh, and some of the uh, the quirks, and I'm sure there's some level of, all right, are, are, are people going to buy into me now? How am I going to convince them that I know what I'm doing at the closing attorney's office or at the home warranty company? Or as you're making the transition, what were some of the conversations like as you're convincing uh, these partners of yours that bought into you to go, look, take a chance on me here now that I'm in home warranty? I think I was just so young and and – 
dumb I didn't know any better <laughs> other than to be myself. I didn't I didn't know. I I think that I really basically offered just to do things. And it wasn't because I was faking it. It was because can I help you with this or can I help you with that or can I help on this committee? And it was just because that's how I'm used to doing things is to helping and nurturing. Maybe that's my love language to people is to help and jump in. So it just kind of became natural that I, I wanted to be a doer and wanted to be involved. Um, I was on every committee you could possibly hold as an affiliate and women's council until I finally jumped off the board. It was probably 10, 12 years of committees. And I just kept saying yes to everything offered because that's just all I know to do. Yeah, and, and I, I think anybody that's spent any time around you can attest to that, right? That's We've seen you at all of the meetings and all of the things and just always willing to be there and be involved. Um, and I think that's definitely translated itself to your business as well because you've had a ton of success um, in, in what you've done and, and been recognized by your company and given a whole stack of trophies from wherever you've been, which is great, uh, with Choice now and doing a phenomenal job there. Uh, but you've also, you know, spent enough time in the industry to see that it it doesn't always go that way for some affiliates, right? What are some of the mistakes that you have seen some other affiliates make that has uh, maybe prevented them from having the success they would have desired in the industry? I think you have to get involved at your local board. You can't just sign up and show up one time and be upset that you don't get business. You need to get involved. You need to plant yourself in a committee. Um, you can't just expect because you give one presentation that everybody's going to use you. You have to keep on and on. So I think you have to be humble. Mm -hmm. I have. I think you have to um, earn people's respect, and I think you have to just keep on doing what you feel is right, and eventually it will happen. It's not overnight. I've seen tons of affiliates come and go because, oh, I didn't get any business. I'm not going to be on that board anymore. Well, you have to give it time. Um, this 20 years didn't just happen overnight. It, it took time to build. So you, you have to stay the course and believe what you're doing, and it will come. Yeah. And with some of the challenges. I, I know um, it's easy to look at you at this level of success and, and 20 years in at this point. So, you know, Christy's just always been good at this probably, right? Um, but I, I'm sure there were some challenges, some struggles as you were trying to find your way and kind of find where's the niche that you fit into. Is there anything that kind of stands out from whether it's early in your career or whenever that may have been the, the challenge of you trying to find like your place in this industry? There's always going to be a challenge of that. Um, you know, I'd I was 20 years younger then. I'm 20 years older now. She's 24. I'm, She's I'm 24. 24 now. <laughs> and um, there's so many younger people coming into the business. And, you know, you can you can look at that like, oh, my gosh, am I going to be too old? Are people not going to want to work with me now that there's younger people? And I think that you can get that in your head. And I have so many friends that I'm blessed to be with that, that do call me the room mother or that I learned so much from them because of their youth and the way that they look at it. And I just, you, you have to just be confident in what you are and the, the stage in life you're at. And um, yeah, we're going to make mistakes. Uh, you know, warranty business summers are, are horrible because so many people are hot and their air goes out. And you just have to take each claim and each challenge as a, a, a challenge. I mean, that's what it is. Try your best to fix it. Try your best to get the job done and move on. And just, I have to remember every day, a warranty is only a warranty. My life and my kids, my grandkids, that's what matters. And you do your best and that's all you can do is your best. For um, the people that are, are kind of getting established in their career and trying to work their way through it, uh, it it's something to where I, I know it can feel um, 
almost overwhelming to try to say, look, how am I going to develop the relationships I need that are going to um, feed my business? But I, I think it's also encouraging to see there are a lot of agents in town. There are a lot of people in Memphis, even though it, yeah, it's a small city, sure, but it's there's a lot of folks there and plenty to go around. Um, I think it's so unique how people are able to find, look, this person is going to be a good partner for my business mm-hmm. or by the same token, this person is not going to be because, um, you know, the way that they do business is different from the way that I have. Um, have you found um, any ways that have been better or worse for you to kind of find your tribe and find your people that are uh, ones you want to partner with and maybe just as important ones that you don't? Absolutely. I think that you have to align yourself with people who have the same basic goals, vision, um, their work ethic, you know, that's, that is a big thing. I want to be around people who have a good work ethic, who are good people. And then I think the rest will follow. Um, that's the tribe that I've strived to create and be a part of. Um, I want to do things honestly and, and in the best way possible and look at myself in the mirror and know that I've done the best I can. So I think you just have to find your tribe that you drive with and, and, and hold on and push them and encourage them and they'll do the same for you. Yeah. And it, it's funny. I, it may not look exactly like you expect your tribe to look, right? Yeah. Uh, you may think that it's going to be people that are in the same age or stage of life or socioeconomic upbringing, but it, it really can be any number of folks because you connect at that level of, look, we, we work the same way. Right. Um, we, we're working towards the same goal. So let's come alongside one another and push. Um, even though you are not typically the, the face of a home transaction, your role can absolutely play a huge piece in how happy the client is with their end purchase at the end. How do you express the value that you're able to bring to maybe new realtor partners that you're trying to work with to say, look, uh, you want to partner with me and, and this is why? Absolutely. Uh, you know, a home is one of the biggest things that a, a person will ever purchase in their life. Um, you go into it expecting that you've had the home inspection, everything was working or not working, it was repaired, and that that day you close, you're going to be home free with, with repairs and everything else. It doesn't always work like that. And I always joke that the warranty is not a thing until it's a thing. And mm-hmm. when it's a thing, somebody's hot. They have secondary damage. They have a water leak. They have no air, no heat, and they're not happy. And so then the warranty all of a sudden becomes a big deal in the transaction. So it's important to, to know the expectations, know what a warranty does or does not. Don't oversell it. Don't let your homeowners think, oh, these things are broken after close. We can call in that warranty. They'll fix it. That's just not the proper expectation. So I've always been a firm believer in education and let me show you the few things that you need to say so you don't over or undersell the warranty to your buyer because there's nothing worse than them being mad, them thinking something's going to be covered, and it's not, and you as the agent and me both look bad. So I think education helps us all look good in the end. Yeah, and um, you mentioned on a few things there. Are there some consistent mistakes that you see agents make as they're trying to position home warranty with their clients where, look, hey, guys, we're in a position now, and it could have been avoided if? Absolutely. The biggest thing is if that home inspection says this is broken, this needs to be cleaned, this is an issue, 
by all means, please pay attention to that home inspector and get those things done. Because if they're not done and there's a failure days or weeks after closing, a home warranty is going to ask for proof in that first 30 or so days that things were working. We expect when you make such a large purchase that things are working when you buy that and when you close on that purchase. So if there are things that are not done from that home inspection and we have a quick failure, that home inspection or repairs done after is what's going to turn over that that denial or seal it. So pay attention to what the inspectors say. Let me help you. Sure. And and if you have questions, reach out. Absolutely. Christy is here. Many people send me the inspections and say, hey, this is what the, the inspection, what does my buyer need to do to be protected after closing? Super simple. Yeah. Um, let's change gears a little bit. Uh, before making it to this stage of life, uh, do you have any um, interesting jobs or side hustles, anything like that, that has uh, kept you busy aside from real estate? Well, I had my little shampire. Okay. Yes. <laughs> yes. You, you had, uh, remind me the name of the company. Monet. Yes. You had your uh, your your hair products that you sold and, and all kinds of uh, women that were turning you for that. That's super fun. Absolutely. I still do some of that. And um, it's you, you, want, you need someday? I, I, trust me, there's not enough in the world that's going to make this hair grow. So, uh, what are you uh, what are you into when you're not selling home warranties? Um, usually kids and grandkids. They're those having those twenty somethings and five grandkids. I, they keep me hopping. That's super fun. Uh, what are you watching on TV right now? Um, just got done with Yellowstone. I may or may not have crushes on some cowboys. I don't know. And this has been a common theme. So I've, I've gotten asked questions about TV a lot. Yellowstone keeps coming up, but yep. I've not watched it. And there also seems to be like a weird draw to cowboys now that I was not expecting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's uh, something to note and to keep my wife from. Good to know as a non-cowboy. Yes. Uh, first concert you ever attended? Um, Donnie and Marie. I was obsessed with Donnie and Marie. Um, knee socks were big then. I had the purple outfit. I had the purple knee socks, and I thought I was that I was probably four. Really? Maybe. Where were you at? Where was the concert at? At the Coliseum. Okay. South Coliseum. The the roof things did not fall from their concert. <laughs> was not loud enough, but it was still a good concert. I love that. I love that. Uh, what is one movie you've seen more than any other? Um, the Notebook. Okay. Sad just movie. obviously sad reasons. It's just. <laughs> Oh, it's a true love story. Fair enough. Uh, and probably not uncommon either for, for a lot of women. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not many men have given me that answer, I don't think. No, so, probably uh, won't. Uh, any trips that are on your bucket list somewhere you want to go? Um, funny that you asked that, um, holding me accountable for over the years. Italy. I must go to Italy. When are we doing that? Well, COVID kind of put a, a little bit of a, a, a wrench in that, but it will be it will be within the next year or so. Perfect. I've been pushing Christy on this for years now, saying, go to Italy, Christy. You, you've been talking about it for years. I don't want to hear it just anymore. Just go. <laughs> so that's no, great. Um, what is something uh, something that you like that maybe um, other people are like? That's crazy. What are, you, what are you into that for? Well, gosh, I'm pretty sappy about stuff. So I, it doesn't take a lot to entertain me. Um, the funny memes entertain me. The um, Everyone. Uh, you, you've established a reputation for being the <laughs> meme lady at this point, for I'm, sure. I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission. But even some of the ones I don't post or can't post, I just I cackle out loud to myself. That's, <laughs> I, I would imagine your, your inbox is full of people saying, hey, I know you can't post oh, yeah. this, but... You I have to see it. I love it. Uh, what's your, your favorite Memphis date night restaurant? Um, you know, I really, I've only been once and I don't get out. You tend to stay in your little suburb. So I living in Lakeland, there's not a lot out there, but I loved, I so enjoyed flight. It was just neat to try different things, just pairings, 
what have you. Just anywhere unusual and out of Lakeland. No, <laughs> just, just, <laughs> just get, anywhere. getting out. I love it. Um, if agents want to uh, connect you uh, for their clients or for someone in the public that wants to buy a home warranty, what is the best way for them to connect with you to make sure they're making the right buy? They can send me a Facebook message, smoke signal. They can, you know, what was that little digital thing? Morse code. Morse code back in the day. Um, My cell phone number is probably the easiest and best, 901-616-2285. Once again, 901-616-2285. Yeah, she's always available to call or text or whatever. You can always catch her there, and I'll make sure that's in the show notes for this episode so that you can uh, you can reach Christy there because, like I said, she is just a, a uh, gem in the real estate space and someone I am incredibly grateful to have gotten to spend some time with and gotten to work alongside with and just see how well um, she, she loves her clients, she loves her referral partners, and how much she invests in them. So I, I really do appreciate you coming on the show and spending some time with us today. Thank you for having me. This was fun. No, uh, I love it. And that does it for for our show today for the key exchanges in the 901. If you or your client who have insurance needs would like to reach out to me, you can always send me an email at dwilliams at shoemakerins.com. And if you like what you heard and you want to stay up to date on the newest episodes, make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. If you really liked it, you can leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. Thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to catch up with you on the next episode of Key Exchanges in the 901.